You know what I love about life as a church, not life in general, but life as a church, is that we have a, we have a culture of celebration. But we don't just celebrate perfection. Neither do we celebrate imperfection. But we celebrate broken people who are being perfected by God. If your life is not great, if you're broken, if, you're, if, you, if, you're, if you have flaws, this is the perfect place for you. But here's the, here's the beauty about a church like this. Firstly, it's not man-made. This is something that God has begun. And if he has started something, he will see it to completion. The word completion over there is the word perfection. He's perfecting all of us. But we don't celebrate a human perfection. Because man can look on the outside and look at, mm, wow, you look pretty good. You have your life all together on Instagram. <laughs> but behind the makeup, we can see the flaws. And God's interested in what's behind the makeup. Sometimes we put on so much makeup with life that when we, we it's so hard to smile. <laughs> it's so hard to celebrate. We have so much makeup, it's like... It's like you're too scared to smile that your makeup might crack. <laughs> this is real world problems. <laughs> Some of you don't, don't wear makeup are like, ah, I can't relate to this. <laughs> That's okay, different generation, different time. It takes a lot of dying to be perfected. That's why we celebrate people who are submitted to the word of God. The reason why we have a high value for God's word in this house is not because we look at your life and we say, oh, well, praise the Lord, brother, you're doing really great. We celebrate a person in their broken state in their flawed lifestyle, being submitted to the word of God. When you're submitted to the word of God and the values of this house, that is worth celebrating because it takes dying to do that. It takes dying to your opinion. It takes dying to your, your desires. It takes dying to what people think about you. It takes dying to everything that the world says and what people think about you to, to submit to what God has to say about you. And, and the reason why we celebrate that is not because it's easy to do. It's very hard. Don't celebrate people when you see the outward. Celebrate people when you see submission. C celebrate people when you see humility. 
submission and humility to the word of god when you see jos even though you know when i met first met jos it was phenomenal because we would spend 3 4 hours talking about the law and grace and i thought this guy i can't handle this anymore <laughs> but today he's in so much grace that i'm like oh god only you can do this <laughs> It's phenomenal to see the transformation in a person who yet who 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 comes into an environment a grace environment like this who 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 believed in the law and and did everything according to the law would come into a place and say you know what I really feel like God is doing something in this room and eventually a huge transformation in his life I want to encourage you that's worth celebrating Yeah. You can stand up. They're honoring you. You're so humble. He's sitting down. Stand up. Stand up. They're honoring you. Yeah. That's Jose. Yeah. He's done great. He's done great. Yeah. Done great. <clears throat> It's amazing, you know. Every time every time you look into the word the word looks into you. But the word does not really reveal you. it reveals Christ in you. I've already begun the message by the way. Just letting you know. <laughs> Every time you look into the word, some of you might look into the word for strategy, for wisdom. Some of you might look into the word because you're feeling guilty, condemned. some of you might look into the word because it's a tick box i have to read my bible pray every day pray every day pray every day read my bible pray every day that's <laughs> that's what we we do and then every time I, we look into the word no matter the intention of our hearts god's word looks into our hearts but he reveals christ are you okay if we go deep straight away i don't want to waste your time he reveals Christ in you which is the hope of glory and you must understand that the bible says that the fullness of the godhead dwelt in jesus son of god son of man if the fullness of the godhead dwelt in jesus the son of god and son of man jesus dwells in you then the fullness of the godhead dwells in the fullness i'm talking about the fullness of the godhead which means everything every ability nature character power everything of god already dwells in you but you don't know that but every time you look into the word the word looks into you and he confirms to you that the fullness of Christ already dwells in you. Wow. See, sometimes we think that according to my understanding is the measure of the increase of God in my life. But it's not correct. According to my we think that according to our understanding of God's word that oh I got a fresh revelation of Jesus today from the word. Oh wow, which means Jesus now the measure of Jesus on the inside of me is increased. That's not right. 
Because the fullness of the Godhead dwells in you. So every time you look into the word, the word looks into you and reveals the Christ, the fullness of Christ that already exists on the inside of you. So Christ is not formed in us based on our understanding of the word. The fullness of, God, of the Godhead dwells in us because it's the fulfillment of the work of Christ in our lives. It's the, it's the work of Jesus on the cross that, that said, oh, God, you chose Myra before the foundation of the world for one reason. Was to carry the fullness of the Godhead. From the foundation of the world, God chose you to sit in this very room. To listen to these very words that the fullness of God dwells in you. But Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 2 says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of a king to seek it out. So which means God hides Jesus in you. Jesus is the fullness of Jesus. The mystery of heaven is already on the inside of you, but God hides him. He hides him from you. Because he wants you as a king to seek him out. So if the fullness of the Godhead dwells in you and me, and it is only God who hides Jesus from us so that we can seek him out, the reason why is because Jesus is known as the, he's the express image of the Father. He's the glory of the Father. So every time I seek him out, there is a, and I find him. Every time I seek Jesus in his word and the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus in you and me, there's a glory that is released that only Jesus can give you. Now, the Bible says that, that Jesus is the king of kings. So if the fullness of the Godhead dwells in you, and God hides Jesus, he hides his glory, doesn't reveal this glory on the inside of you because he wants you to seek him out. And every time you, you get into the word of God, he reveals a side of glory that already exists on the inside of you. And if, you, if Jesus is called the king of kings, it means that you must be a king. Jesus cannot be the king of kings if you're not a king. So it's the, it's the glory of a king to seek out a matter. So when you pursue the word of God in your life and you, God reveals a glory that is not on the outside, it reveals a glory that's on the inside of you. Because Christ in me is the hope of glory. Right? So now, since you are really tracking with the word, now I can go fast. Okay, now when he begins to reveal that side of glory, every time I access new glory from fresh revelation, now as a king, my authority and dominion on earth increases. Oh, come on. Who is a king without glory? It's called a common man. There is no king. Take the king's money away from him. Does he become a king? Just the title. Take away the crown. Take away the royal robes. Take away all of that. Who is he? Just 
man. But what makes a king a king is the glory. You know, when a king walks through a room, people fall at their feet. When was the last time somebody fell down when you walked? <laughs> you know why? <laughs> I think my wife was like... <laughs> You know why? I've, I've, seen, I've heard testimonies of Catherine Coleman walking through a restaurant and people falling under the power of God. You know why? Because she spent her life seeking. Seeking the glory. The reason why we, we, uh, we go through life without having any power Without, without accessing, without having any authority over sickness and disease, we have to pray five times for a sick person to get healed. Why not, not even pray once? Why not just stand in a room and a sick person, a person in a wheelchair gets out of their wheelchair, cancer begins to leave people's bodies, AIDS begins to leave, dead people begin to rise just by you standing in the room. Why can't we access that realm of glory? It's only because we are not seeking him out. And so today the title of my message is, Who do you say I am? All right, Who do you say I am? And I'd love for you to go in your Bible to John chapter 3. I've read this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I really feel like God wants to give us something new and fresh Say fresh revelation. revelation. Glory is going to be released today. Come on. Glory, 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 glory. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus, who was a part of of the sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish ruling council. One night, he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Master, we know that you are a teacher from God, and no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. Verse 3 says, Jesus answered Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, realm, they must first experience rebirth. Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and the spirit wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. Say realm. For the natural realm can only give birth to the things that are natural. But the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life. Let me read that again for those of you who are in NKJV. For the natural realm can only give birth to the things that are natural. But the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life. It's amazing. Now look at me. I've taught on on the earthly wisdom, the wisdom of the world and godly wisdom. So we know that that part is taken care of. I don't need to go there again. But here, Jesus is trying to tell 
Nicodemus, there are two realms. The two atmospheres. The two environments. One is the kingdom of, of God and one is the kingdom of this world. Okay? And so, Jesus is saying, in order for you to be, to, to have access to this kingdom, God's king's dominion, okay? In order for you to enter into it and for you to live in it, you need to be born of water, which is the word of God, and the spirit wind. I love that, spirit wind. So, basically, what he's saying is the spirit word when you have access to the spirit word and you believe the spirit word of God, the word of God that the spirit makes alive, it gives you access into the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, you come under the dominion of whatever is in that realm. So if you were to look at your life today, you have to check yourself which realm has an influence in your life. Because you can say, oh, well, you know, I'm a Christian. But everything else in this realm is stealing, killing, destroying. If you are in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God is perfect peace, is love, joy, and it's, I would say, strong faith. Strong faith, perfect love, joy, and perfect peace. Is, is, that's the, the natural state of the kingdom of God. But if you look at your life, would you say you have perfect peace? If it's not, then you are submitted or influenced by another kingdom. If you are... Let me say this. The realm that you are most conscious of is the realm that you reproduce of. So if you are aware of stealing, killing, destroying, then that's exactly what you will be doing. You look at, just look at the evidence in your life. Gossiping, lying, cheating, doing all of that kind of stuff. Are you the, are, is the environment of your life the byproduct of the environment or the realm that you're submitted to. Because the kingdom of God, there is, there is no need that does not bow to the name of Jesus. There is no storm that is greater than the peace of God on the inside of you. There is no debt that Jesus has not paid. There is no sickness that can overpower the name of Jesus or the sacrifice of Jesus. So in, in the kingdom of God is perfect health, is perfect peace, is perfect love, is agape love. There, there is no, you, there's no manipulation in the kingdom of God. There's no deceit, there's no lying, there's no cheating, there's no, there's no aggression in the kingdom of God. But, but, but if, you look at, if you look at your life, what would you say is, the, is, is happening right now? Because if you, if you say, well, gossip is happening in my life, pastor. It's like, oh, all these habits and uh, all these things that, are, that Christ does not do is happening in my life. I want to tell you that the supernatural life that Jesus is talking about only comes when you submit to the spirit word in your life. When you submit to the spirit word in your life and, and you, you humble yourself and you, you submit to God's word in your life, it allows 
the kingdom to flow through you. So which means that you are now a conduit or a, a portal, so to say, that God uses to have an influence on the earth. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the door. He was son of man, son of God. The fullness of God dwelt in him. Fullness of God dwells in you. Are you the gate? Are you the door? See, most of us live our lives totally oblivious to the kingdom of God. We're so aware of the bills we need to pay rather than the provider of the bills. We're so aware of the doctor's report that we, we, we're, we're oblivious to the report that God gave us 2,000 years ago. We're so aware of the recession in, in the economy that recession now happens. <laughs> when it comes time to give, you count. <laughs> when it comes time for you to buy good stuff for your life, you're like, mm, I don't know, maybe yes, maybe no. He loves me, loves me not. I don't know, I don't know if God will provide. But God shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. We forget that riches part. Only God shall provide. But when God provides, he gives little man, so small he's giving. Let me, let me explain something to you. When God provides, he provides according to his riches, not your need. Do you understand? So in the realm of God, in the kingdom of God, is, is strong faith. When something happens in your life, you lose a job, you lose a loved one, you lose a family member, you, 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 you lose a ch good church. <laughs> I'm just saying. When these things happen, what are you most aware of? Because what you're most aware of is what is reproduced out of your life. And some of us have, have been really dwelling with the world. Dwelling with it. Allowing. We're so conscious of, of Trump. We're so conscious of Modi and all of the junk that happens in India. We're so conscious of terrorism and all of that stuff. And we can't even put on the TV now. It's like, oh, it's like 24-7, only problems. Like, what, what can we watch, you know? We're so conscious. The world is beckoning us, constantly feeding us with negativity. And we're sitting and lapping it up and then having an opinion, you know, Trump. Baba, you don't even know Trump from Adam. <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you understand? You did not even vote for Modi. <laughs> you did not even... You have such big opinions about everything in the world. And God's waiting next to you. 
Could you just for a moment become conscious of heaven? If you're conscious of the kingdom of God, if you become aware of the kingdom of God in your life, let me tell you how I can change the world. You can bring transformation in the world by being aware and submitted and humble, like submitted to the kingdom of God in your life. Please don't think I'm trying to beat people up with my words. I'm not. I'm actually trying to set you free. Sometimes in a marriage, we allow negativity to become the truth. Lies about one another become the, the foundation of a marriage. Deception becomes, it's unchecked, becomes the foundation of a marriage. But what if I would ask you, in a marriage, perfect love, perfect peace. Joy. Oh, pastor, you don't know my wife. Thank God I don't know your wife. God gave her to you. It's your problem. <laughs> but what I can tell you is I know Jesus. What I know is I know there's a, there's a kingdom where God is not trying to manipulate me. There's a realm where God is not trying to beat me up. God is not trying to get me to do something in order to give me something. There's no reward system in the kingdom of God. Have you noticed that? You know, if you're looking for a perfect church, this is not it. We don't control anything that happens here. We wait for God to move. When he moves, we just allow him to do as he pleases. I'll tell you, there are more people who, whose lives have changed without human intervention. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> Only because we developed a value for us to submit to the word of God. Easy, very easy. It's hard, but at the same time, it's very easy. It's easy on the pastor. Could be a little difficult for you. <laughs> because sometimes the word that comes out of, it's just literally impossible. What are you talking about two realms? I only know one realm. My boss is shouting at me every day. That's the only realm I know. But I will have news for you. God loves you and he's created another realm and it's called the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom, there's perfect peace. You can go, boss can shout all day long. Husband and wife can shout all day long. You can sing kumbaya all you want. It does not matter. What matters is am I aware, am I submitted to perfect peace? Am I submitted to perfect love? Am I, that's what I want to reproduce out of my life. That is the church of Jesus Christ. Everything else is traditional. Everything else is just religious. God is looking for a group of people who can be exactly as he is. The supernatural life, ladies and gentlemen, 
is a byproduct of your submission to the realm of God, the kingdom of God. You know the supernatural life? Things that are humanly impossible to do become possible in the kingdom of God. For example, healing the sick. Can you heal the sick? You can try from morning till night. Study all the medicine you want. All your doctors cannot heal you. They can give you medicines that put things on pause. That can numb you. Take away the pain. But they can never heal you. But in the kingdom, healing is your birthright. In fact, it, it, it's not just your birthright. He's given you the authority to go and heal other people. It's impossible. But it's possible. It's impossible in the natural realm. But it's possible in the spirit realm. When you are submitted. I tell you, I've seen people's debts vanish in an instant. I've seen people's money appear in their bank accounts out of nowhere. I've seen gold fall into the room. I've seen gemstones fall into the room. Massive ones. I've seen gemstones fall in our church. How does that happen? It's humanly impossible. There's nobody standing in the back throwing stuff. Okay? Nobody in the end is like, what's your bank account? What's your bank account? Just secretly putting it in the back account. So we, there's none of that stuff. And there's, there's supernaturally people have lost weight. <laughs> right? We, we don't, we're not even trying. We don't have to like announce, come on, shout, jump, do this, do that, nothing. It just happens naturally because God loves you. And in the kingdom of God, I mean, we don't go after, I want to heal you. <laughs> no, absolutely nothing. It's like you come into the presence of God and God loves you so much that sickness cannot stay in your body because the presence of God is so strong in this room. The supernatural life is a byproduct of your submission to the realm of the kingdom of God. Okay? So it, it's very easy. If there is stuff that happens in people's lives, flaws, all of that, there's no judgment. It's just an indication that you're not submitted. <laughs> we're trying to hide our junk, but actually we're in bright light, we're just revealing it. When, when there is, when people are gossiping about one another, and this happens, is rampant in churches. Oh, Vincent, do you know about Liju? <laughs> I know she's your wife. <laughs> but I know some information about her that can make you feel more powerful in your marriage. Let's pray together, brother. Can we pray together? <laughs> and then talk about the negative stuff about Stealing, killing, destroying. Can we read the Bible? Verse, 11, verse 7, 7. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all must be born from above. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those who are so where's this wind blowing? It's not on the outside. It's in your heart. People don't know what is happening on the inside of you. It's not for them to know. It's not even for you to know. Let the Holy Spirit do as he pleases. Let the Holy Spirit blow upon whatever 
part of Jesus he wants to reveal. Come on now, come on. You weren't expecting that. But the spirit, when you are allowing this word to get into your heart, now the spirit of God begins to reveal it. When you seek, when you spend time saying, God, I want to know Jesus more. God, I know, I knew him yesterday and there was an awesome glory, but today I want to know him more. And you spend time seeking Jesus out. The Holy Spirit now begins to reveal Jesus on the inside of you and there's glory. Suddenly you walk to the office and there's a promotion. I was prophesying, but anyway, no problem. Just remember, everything in this church is prophetic, even the jokes. Then Nicodemus replied. But I don't understand. What do you mean? How do these things happen? Jesus answered, Nicodemus, aren't you the respected teacher? And yet you don't understand this revelation. Say revelation. revelation. I speak eternal truths about things I know Things I have seen and experienced and still you don't accept what I reveal. A lot of times we come to church, tick box. We listen to the message. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> and we're under pressure because everybody's saying amen, hallelujah. Touch your neighbor. It's like, oh my God, how many people are touching me today? <laughs> Whatever is happening in service, sometimes culture can, can cause us to become performers. But you can stop performing when you make a decision before you walk into these rooms. I'm here to seek Jesus. If I'm here to seek Jesus, then Jesus begins to, to, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal Jesus now. Everything that is said already existed on the inside of you. There is nothing in this word that does not exist already on the inside of you. That's deep. No one will tell you that. Because they want you to keep coming back after them. Do you understand? The, the new covenant is God says that he will be your teacher. <sighs> wow. Everything that is in the word of God is Jesus. It's already the fullness of that is already on the inside of you. But you may say, well, well then, then pastor, I don't need to come to the church. Well, let me explain the church to you. The church is where the body comes together. If you prefer the head, you can just walk around with the head and no body. <laughs> Do you understand? The head will just float around like that. And you'll get a lot of knowledge in your head, but you won't have any action. You need the church to apply what is being spoken by God. You need the church of Jesus Christ to come here into this place to experience the presence of the head. The head is attached to the body. Don't float around like that. Don't, and since I'm on the church topic, Do not speak negatively against a body that hung on a cross. That's the very body that pays the price for you. You're here in this room because of the person next to you who gave in the offering. You're speaking against the very people who are paying a price for you. 
It could be any church. You could, some visitors in this room come from other churches. We, you must learn to honor every expression of the body of Christ. Because it's just, just Jesus. The flaws, trust me, man. If we, did I say man? Sorry about that. I'm talking about the new creation, the new man. Good cover up. Trust me, you go to any church in the world, you'll find flaws. The day you are perfect, you shouldn't be on the earth. <laughs> if you're perfect, it's time for you to. Please. But for the rest of us who are still work in progress, right? Just allow, submit to the word and allow the word of God to just deal with our hearts and be changed and transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. Okay? It's good. I, I love being back. I think uh, you're receiving the word really well today. He tells Nicodemus, I'm trying to reveal myself to you, but you don't want it. He's saying, I'm trying to reveal who I am to you. Revelation, divine revelation, is the key for transformation. But please listen to me very carefully. Before, don't stop writing now. Because I'm going to go deep. When you receive divine revelation, you can pursue the head and get common knowledge. But when you get divine revelation, it means that somebody has sought it out. When somebody has sought it out, it carries a realm of glory with it. When you receive divine revelation of Jesus Christ, what happens is that you are transformed into the very revelation itself. Do you understand? When you know that Christ in you is being revealed to you, there's a purpose for it. Not for head knowledge. It's for you to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. So which means every time you receive revelation, it's an opportunity to become the revelation. Have you heard of this commandment, the second one, which is like the first one? Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. For many times, Christians have missed this loving the self part. They think that they're that God was talking about, just love yourself, man. But what if I told you that self died on the cross? What self are you loving?
If you died on the cross, what self do you love? Every time we receive the word of God, we're being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. You don't exist. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not even your faith. Some of you who are shocked. I want to tell you something. Stop loving the dead man. He's inviting you into a place of transformation. But you've got to come into this place where you have to love the transformation. Not just the transformation, but the transformed man. I'm telling you, people will pay money for this revelation. But not right now. But for you, it's free. Free. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. This is fresh revelation. Every time you receive divine revelation, it comes with an invitation for transformation. When you are transformed into the revelation, now the question is, whom do you love? Because that's the second commandment, isn't it? The second commandment is like the first commandment, which means it is as powerful as the first one. But he's saying, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But who is yourself? If you are transformed into Christ itself, it's a perfect place to love. He is the desire of the nations. He is the one that is worthy of your love. Only Jesus. Some people celebrate loving themselves. Oh, I love myself. I bought me something cool. If you love Jesus, how much have you given him? If you're in the kingdom of God... The nature of Christ is that he's a kingly servant. He's not a king who likes to sit on the throne. He's a king who puts on the towel of a servant and takes a cloth and washes the feet of the people that are around him. Jesus is so committed to his father's cause that he is willing to give up his life to serve and we have issues of time management. We have issues of people being committed to a crew team or a worship team or a video team. Which kingdom are you submitted to? Because the king chooses to behave like a servant. Listen to me, without entitlement. Glory? You want glory? The glory in the kingdom of God is like this, that he is so glorified that he chooses to leave his glory and come and wash your feet. When we, when we invite people to serve in our church, 
It's not because you're a servant. It's because we have acknowledged that you're a king. When you see people standing at those doors and welcoming people in, they're not, they're not just normal people. You're getting a kingly welcome. When you have people leading worship in this room, they're not, they're not just normal musicians that play for a king. They're kingly musicians. Do you understand? In the kingdom of God, it's a different realm. We have humanized the church rather than it becoming a most spiritual environment. The supernatural exists in an environment not because humanity desires it, but God desires it. God desires for you to access the realm of the supernatural more than you could ever desire it. But the only way to access it is Jesus. The question I have for you today is how much of Jesus do you have? How much of Jesus do you know exists on the inside of you? And if Jesus were to stand there and ask you the question, who do you say I am? Some would say, well, Jesus, you're a prophet. Jesus, you are the Lord. But all of that stuff is head knowledge. Do you know him personally? Because you can come into a church service like this brother and you can holler me from beginning to end. Walk away with... <laughs> How do I know that? Because you come back worse next week. <laughs> Still struggling five years in, still the same problems, Pastor. Same issues, anger management, the same thing, Pastor. Oh, same habits, same habits. How much of the word are you really submitted to? Because in order for you to be transformed, there is a place of application of divine revelation. Every time I apply divine revelation in my life, I'm transformed into the very revelation. For example, if Jesus reveals his love to me, I don't make the choice to love. <laughs> if you're making a choice to love, it's not love. It's works. I think I'm speaking to the right church, am I? If I make the choice to give, it works. How much to give, works. If I make the choice to heal the sick, works. We've not tapped into grace yet. Because if we can rest in this one thing today, that I need divine revelation in order to be transformed into the very revelation itself. For example, if God gives me a revelation of love, then I don't choose to love, I become love. I walk around the room just being love. You don't have to do anything for me for me to love you. 
Where have I heard that? Where have you heard that before? It's in the word. The word says that God is love. How do I know that? He loved us first. So if I'm walking around the room in this, in this place, I'm looking for people to give me a hug. I'm looking for people to give me affirmation. Give me, tell me how good I am. Me, me, me. <laughs> huh? Give me the opportunity. Give me the mic. Give me, I will do better than you. Me, 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 me. If me exists, Jesus doesn't exist. Me died on the cross. He is now alive. You're celebrating Jesus, right? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Because like... Verse 14, just as Moses in the desert lifted up the brass replica of a snake on a pole for all the people to see and be. So the son of man is ready to be. So that those who truly believe in him will not perish but have. Okay, now look at me now. I'm going to, it's very deep today, okay? Please, just go. Don't hold on to sleep, just let it go. <laughs> Tiredness. If you are new in this church, you have to come ready. You have to be prepared. You have to be prepared for the word, not for us. <laughs> okay, divine revelation. Do you want it? Okay. So Jesus is telling Nicodemus, just like Moses was lifted up, Moses... Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man is ready to be lifted up. Are you okay? Which Jesus are you most conscious of? Baby Jesus? Infant Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus on the cross? What Jesus are you aware of? Is he still on the cross? Right. But Jesus is saying, just like Moses lifted up the serpent, the bronze serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man is ready to be lifted up. Okay? Okay. The people who were bitten by snakes, you know why they were bitten by snakes? Because they spoke against Moses. Have you spoken against your pastor? <laughs> For those of you who are laughing sheepishly, I know. <laughs> Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness. People who were bitten by snakes had poison on the inside of them. But in that state of dying, they chose to obey the word of Moses. Moses says, look at the serpent and you'll be healed. So they looked at the serpent and they were healed. But those same people are not alive today. It's coming. Jesus is offering 
eternal life to those who will lift him up, but also to those who will see him lifted up. What's the revelation of Jesus that you have today? Is he still infant? 12 years old? Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus on the cross, Jesus in the tomb. Because the Jesus that is looking to be lifted up is the Jesus that is the resurrected Savior. Do you understand? Because if you lift up the Jesus who is resurrected, now every person who is bitten by a snake by sin, by sickness, by disease, whatever it is that, that the world has poisoned them with, now every time they look at the Jesus you're lifting up, please listen to me, every time they look at Jesus that you are lifting up, because Jesus is ready to be lifted up, brother. Let me, let me, let me, let me explain it like this. Every time you are transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus, Jesus is the desire of the nations. He wants to reveal himself to the world. And every time he reveals himself to the world, he's not infant Jesus, but he is resurrected. He is the son of the living God who is seated at the right hand of the father. In his hand, he has the keys of hell and death. He has overcome sin and death and he is sitting in all his power. And every time you lift that Jesus up, Every person that beholds him as he is shall become as he is. Oh, come on now. Every person that beholds the resurrected Jesus in your life now and they believe it, they receive eternal life. They don't even have to say a sinner's prayer. Come on, man. This is grace. They don't even have to put their hand up and say, I receive you, Jesus. That also is a work of the law. But anyway, leaving that aside. Every person, you can be a sinner at work, but you as a Christian at work, lift up the resurrected Jesus. You reveal divine revelation. They are transformed, man. They are transformed into the very revelation even without your permission. Do you know how easy it is to change the world? All you need to do is reveal Jesus. Reveal Jesus who is resurrected, not Jesus who is still hanging on the cross. Because if you're still revealing Jesus who is taking away the sins of the world on the cross, they will still die. But if you can reveal a Jesus that is immortal, So that, this is verse 15, so that those who truly believe in him will not but have, verse 16, for this is how much God loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift so that everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. That's what this church is about. We're not interested in playing the church game. We're interested in revealing a resurrected Jesus. 
a Jesus who is in power, a Jesus who is in authority, a Jesus who is in, is in dominion over everything. I don't know. I don't have to be aggressive. I can be present and things will change. I don't have to fight and shout and scream and preach till my lungs fall out. I can be present. In your presence is fullness of joy. My question for you is, who did you bring to church? Did you bring the guy who's hanging on the cross? Did you bring the old man that you dug up from the grave and confessing all your repenting and all that stuff? Or have you brought the resurrected Jesus to church? If you bring a resurrected Jesus to church now, every person that beholds him, like, you know, your praise, I said you're going to explode with praise. You know, Jesus, Jesus does not withhold his praise. He's not timid. He's not silent. He's not like, oh, she's standing next to me. How can I have the fear of a stage? Can you imagine an inanimate object we have fear of? Public speaking, fear. We encourage these things to grow in our lives, but the, but the one who has overcome it all is the one that we choose not to be transformed into. How, how can we go on living our lives calling ourselves as Christians when you are more worldly than you're Christ-like? How can we, how, how, can, how can I celebrate myself when, when it's pretty clear that I can't celebrate the dead? I've got to come in. We've got to come into this place where we, we're, we're really doing this for him. Like every single person that is sitting in this room is not, is not playing games. We're not here to play politics, church politics. We're not here to, to come and dog about another pastor or, or betray or this one or do this or talk about this or talk about them. Uh, it's, just, it's just a waste of time. We're being submitted to another kingdom. And trust me, we're not, we're not working hard to, to convince you to come out of that kingdom. Because if I do that, it's a work. You can go through the consequences on your own. When you're ready, you can tell me. We're ready to celebrate the one who is submitted to the word of God. The one who is struggling, but yet at the same time saying, I'm willing to go through this pain. I'm willing to go through this. Pastor, can you hold on to my hand and not let me go until I'm Christ-like? That's the kind of church that, that I gave my life for. That's the kind of church that Jesus gave his life for. Quickly, quickly, quickly go to Matthew chapter 17. Actually, 16. Are you there? Because I said quickly. Good, good and faithful servant. You shall inherit the kingdom for... 
Verse 13, when Jesus came to Caesarea of Philippi, he asked the disciples this question. What are the people saying about me, the son of man? Who do they believe I am? Touch your neighbor and say, what are people saying about Jesus? Baba, ask your neighbor, anybody <laughs> around you, anyone. I'm asking you the question now. Are you looking at me? The message is not ending. Even though that has started. <laughs> See, we get so churched, right? We think, oh, thank God, finished. <laughs> not in this church. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's asking you a question. <laughs> Are you listening? Yes. This is the question. Yes. Who do the people around you say Jesus is in your life? Do they even know he exists? <laughs> <laughs> pastor, pastor, I work for the government. It's all like, you know. <laughs> I worked with, in the government. Everybody was from another faith. But they knew who I was. Not because I went around saying, I'm a pastor. They have no clue what that is. But they knew something that I was a safe place that was different compared to other people that I would not speak about other people, neither would I give my ear to listen to what other people had to say about other people. I would avoid conversations and I would sometimes even sit by myself because I would not allow myself to get polluted by the office politics. They knew something. This guy, when he speaks, it feels like and some of my friends have told me this is it feel like something I feel like can I talk to you <laughs> this, is, this is what happens in the office can I just talk to you for a few minutes you know I don't know why but I, I really I just feel like telling you that I'm, I really struggle in my marriage man I'm like not, not going to them and saying please tell me about your marriage but they find wisdom in Jesus. They find Jesus when you vanish and you present him. He is the desire of the nations. It's a question. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor is asking a question. Who do the people around you say Jesus is? Are you asking them the question? No. <laughs> see, some of you are not even asking anybody a question. And you think that I can't see you. Ask them properly. Who do the people in your life say Jesus is to you? Who is this? 
You want to hear what the disciples say? Said. Verse 14, they answered, some, some are convinced you are John the baptizer. Others say you are Elijah, reincarnated, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus is questioned them, is who do you say that I am? Because the Jesus that you know is the Jesus they will know. Divine revelation. Trust me, 5G. You've got to upgrade yourself now. I don't know how, change your modem, whatever it is that you need to do. You come into this church, don't expect the word the same way that it was two weeks ago. This is what happens when I go on a holiday. But I want to tell you something. That the Jesus you know is the Jesus they see. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Do you know him as that Jesus that is a baby in the manger? Do you look forward to Christmas season because you get gifts and it's about you? Or do you look forward to Easter and celebrating the resurrected Jesus once a year? Or do you live, listen to me, do you live the resurrected life? Are you, look forward, are you looking forward to your life ending and going to heaven? Let me explain something to you. Are you ready to be shocked? Hmm? Jesus did, God did not save you to take you to heaven. Neither did he save you from going to hell. So if you remove heaven and hell, well, Jesus, God saved you because he loved you. He loved you and he has a plan and purpose for your life. But his plan and purpose begins with you being fully conscious of a realm called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, there's a purpose to your life. You're the portal that God chose before the foundation of the world. You're the expression of heaven that nobody else can release. You're the expression of Jesus that nobody else on the planet can reveal. No one. Are you too busy gossiping? Or are you too busy becoming? I'd rather become and be not be known by nobody than become somebody that God never intended for me to be. I'd rather leave a footprint on the planet of transformation without people knowing my name. I'm not hungry for power. I'm not hungry for me to do ministry. I'm not hungry to do this. Like, I would rather be sitting with the sheep in New Zealand. <laughs> it's painful. 
It's painful on a Thursday night when all your friends are going hanging out, going out for dinner, and I have to choose to seek, to fight for revelation, to dig, because I know I'm a king. It's, Pastor, it's so difficult to do video in this church. I have to stand for so long. <laughs> it's so difficult for me to be in the worship team. All these new songs, every time they're just new songs. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Thank God I have a sense of humor, man. I'm telling you. Just... so difficult when when you can choose an easier way out it's difficult it's difficult to lose the ability to choose itself what are you talking about I can't make a choice he chose you he made the choice You were dead. Dead people don't choose. The Bible says that you were dead in your trespasses. He's the one who chose you. He's the one who gave you life. He's the one who gives you purpose. He's the one who gives you his word. He's the one who transforms you into his image and likeness. He's the one who gives you the anointing. He's the one who gives you glory. He's the one who gives you everything that you need to be able to do what he wants you to do in his life, in your life. It's really not about your plan and purpose anymore. I don't know, maybe you were tricked into the kingdom of God. Maybe you were manipulated. Maybe you were blackmailed by, by, by people saying, what's going to happen to you if you're going to die tonight? <laughs> Can you imagine you're sitting in church and you're thinking, if I drive and a car comes and hits me and I die and I don't know Jesus, am I going to go to hell or heaven? And they talk very mellow like that. I want you to know it's manipulation. <laughs> you didn't choose, he chose you. You know why? What's the best way for people to get saved? You and I, just be Jesus. Just be Jesus. Be the resurrected Jesus because the day people see a supernatural life, they're going to ask you questions like, hey, how come you don't seem to be suffering when everybody else is suffering? Brother, come, let me tell you. Sit down. I've got this peace that surpasses all understanding. I've got a righteousness that I'm right. I know I'm right with God. I know that God is a supernatural God and he's, he's involved in my life even in little bitty parts of my life even in the thoughts he's involved in it and he wants to be involved in my life and he wants to do something great out of my life let me tell you something I've, I've got this love that I feel for people that money can't buy it's not a professional love you know what I mean you can't be trained to love people like church trains people smile <laughs> greet people it's fake 
if it's fake if it's not from that's why a pastor comes from from another country and I just left him at the door we just walked in because I was more interested in starting the service and he gets 20 hugs all the way into his chair and he goes this is better than the Baptist church <laughs> like this church the people are so happy they're so full of joy why does that happen it's not because we're trying it's just we're full of joy that's because that's who Christ is in us I'm, we're not we're not busy trying to reveal the old man Vincent like I'm done I'm, I'm really done trying to counsel people about the old man if you want counsel come to me about the new man I just want to know are you interested in being a new man if you are then I can sit down and we can talk about how you can fix your life otherwise we're just playing a game counsel become a game chase me pastor chase me show me that you love me otherwise then I'll come to your church it doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God we're wasting time if we come into a place where we we fully acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and Savior then submission to him and his word becomes a priority your attitude stinky one is not entertained in this church Amen. we're happy people we're, we celebrate people we we're not here to celebrate your flaws but we're here to celebrate that even though you have flaws you're still a work in progress and you're working at it it's like ah oh, this word is hard it's hard hard work hard work makes the dream work but it's not your dream it's his dream for your life but all he wants you to do is just look into the word look at your life when he asks you the question who do you say I am you should be able to answer Jesus you are the resurrected one Jesus you are the living God Jesus you are perfect peace Jesus you are perfect love I submit to perfect love right now even though there's a storm in my life I submit to perfect peace even though the doctor has given me a report but I choose to submit to the report of the Lord that was given 2,000 years ago I mean better than any history book that you can ever read better than National Geography Discovery Channel I mean look at the cross it's absolutely gory but beautiful but that's your past your future is resurrection your future is the resurrected life the future your future is to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus as he is today right now right here right now he's resurrected he's seated in glory and he's offering that to you he's offering it to you he's not offering a strategy ladies and gentlemen He's not offering a, a, uh, a five-step program. <laughs> Brother, I give you these five steps. If you do it, praise the Lord. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. There's only one step. It's called Jesus. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And if you allow that Jesus to become the perfume of your life, 
the, the express image of your life. I mean, how beautiful would it be when we walk around people and we talk about people in this way? Man, when I hung out with Amos, I experienced God. Even though he recommends biryani all the time. <laughs> but something about, about this guy that really looks into the future of people and gives and speaks with so much of hope, so much of, so much of, I just, I just feel like I encounter Jesus when I hang out with Mac and I hang out with Sam and I hang out with Angelo and I hang out with people in this church. I feel different. It feels different to me. You know why? Because we, we're so addicted to the resurrected Jesus. In fact, in fact, it's no longer I who exist, but the resurrected Jesus exists in me. And it's so easy for me to love people because I've learned to love this resurrected Jesus. I've learned to love this resurrected Jesus. I've learned to love the difficult processes of biting my tongue when I should speak. <laughs> Let me tell you. No. Swallow it. <laughs> That's why I'm standing right here. Let me tell you what I think about Pastor John. And he's awesome. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, the, the guys who were with us on the trip. It was literally a trip. <laughs> it was a trip to the surgery table and back every day. Only because Kelsey and I live with a value system that we don't compromise with the things of this world. We don't compromise with, with negativity. We don't compromise with, with talking about the past. We don't compromise with, with just flaws. If we see a flaw, we speak life. And we don't encourage you to live in the past. We encourage you to live in the future without really creating manipulation. But in that itself, iron sharpens iron. We were, you know, Alejandro, can you stand up? Can you come up here? Oh, no. Just stand up here on stage. Come here. Come up here. Please, come up here. Please. I want to show you off to them. Isn't she beautiful? Yes. <laughs> huh? Come here, come here. From the day we got on the plane in Dubai, we started checking. She is so submitted that she just laid her life down and said, whatever you feel I need to change in my life, I will change. And we changed her clothes, we changed the hairstyle, we changed the makeup, we changed the shoes. <laughs> everything, everything. And we changed the heart. But today who you see is not just Alejandra. You see Christ. You know what I've done? I put her under so much pressure now. <laughs> that she can never go back to dressing up the same way she used to. <laughs> In fact, she sent us a picture of the old clothes being, being disposed of. 
I tell you, you know what submission looks like? People think it, it's control. But I told her, you are not allowed to wear purple. Ever again. And she said, yes. It's submission. Not because I don't like the color purple. It's actually my what was my wife's favorite color till she married me. <laughs> and then it became black. It's funny how all of them standing here came back from the trip and all are dressed in black. <laughs> what was I saying? I was saying something else. Purple. Yeah. It's not because I don't like purple. It's just that purple had caught her in... She was submitted to purple. It's, it's simple things like that. We're slaves of the world. But when you meet Jesus... He sets you free. When you meet Jesus, there's nothing in this world that can hold you back, man. Not even a church. Not even a pastor. Not even a husband. Not even a wife. Not even the, the bickering gossip, the lies, the betrayal, the knives, all of that stuff. Knives in the back. Not knives, but knives in the kitchen. Knives in the back. None of that can hinder you it will hinder you if you submit to it. But it won't hinder you if you submit to the realm of the kingdom of God. Let's stand. They're great.